you're doing a work in us. We are thankful. And Lord, we, we come to you right now with uh, hearts that are asking just uh, for our Savior to just uh, do what you do. Uh, continue to point us to yourself. Uh, we thank you for your grace. We pray that you continually shower us with that, that unmerited favor of being your children. And uh, that right now you would do, you would call us to vision and mission and passion in Jesus. And that those who know you would just be just spurred on and just, just be on fire for, for you, Lord. That they would, we would just recapture and know the, uh, uh, the future grace we have in Christ and, and who we are now because of you. And, and, Lord, we would go out and we would proclaim the gospel and we would live the gospel and be believing the gospel. And, um, and for those who are, for whatever reason, are, are dead and separated from you, Lord, that uh, you would allow by your grace, for people to recognize their deadness and to be made live in Jesus. So, um, so that's why we're all here, to, to make much of you and for you to be exalted. So have your way, in Christ's name. Amen. I just wanted to, uh, you know, we're going to jump right in. I wanted to praise the Lord because I didn't do my own prayer request, but I, I just had a really cool scenario that happened this past week that involved my brother John. We, uh, he, you know, we had broken, our, our taillight was broken, um, he takes uh, takes me to a, a junkyard to get a tail light. All right. First of all, that was cool that he would take the time to do that. So then we go out, um, we go check out the cars, you know, and I have no clue what I'm doing, but he's hooking me up and and we we uh, and it's a quest. So it's a foreign car. It's hard to find. Really difficult to find. I think there was just two in the whole lot. <clears throat> and so we and the car that we look at is all smashed up. So the tail light smashed up. So we're like, man. So then we're, you know, he tells me some different alternatives. So we, we're heading home. He's in his car in mine. We're heading home. And then all of a sudden, he just turns. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I hope maybe he has a friend around here. Bye. You know, I keep driving. And, uh, and then he calls me. When he texts me, like, yo, um, hey, come back here. I think I saw a Nissan Quest. And I'm just like, first of all, how'd you see it? You know, I mean, we're driving. And, uh, and then he, we go up to this place. We to this day, we don't even know if it was a junkyard. I mean, <clears throat> I, mean I hope I didn't take somebody's taillight. I'm joking. I was visitors. I'm joking. So, so, um, so we, uh, we go and, and sure enough, long story, it's a, a big group of, them. it's like you can tell it's like a Muslim, bunch of Muslim, dude, Muslim dudes. And, but they're really cool. And we're just chopping it up with them. Well, we end up getting this taillight. And uh, when, I, when, we, when we got to the place, it was one of those God moments where I'm looking. Do you see where the, the, the quest was? It was only by God's grace for him to see that. Cause it was like off in the cut and, and all beat up. And I just wanted to pause and not, and not just not give God glory. Because I remember getting in the car just thinking, that was just by your grace that we would see that, fix our light so that we can travel. And, um, yeah, so very thankful to Jesus. And also I love his covenant community and how people um, just care for us so well. So I thought I would just praise God right there with you guys. Um, Hey, what I want to do is before we <clears throat> uh, jump right in, um, as far as like vision and what we're headed, what we're doing in our local church, um, I always want to pause and, and just start out by helping people understand like why uh, what we do what we do, you know, as a, as a local community. And so even that's why you even see there, we're talking about the gospel, the blueprint, um, you know, and, and the cross, you know, and when you think of that, um, First Peter two twenty four. I want to just have you turn your 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 hearts there for a moment, uh, for us to kind of help you understand if you're a visitor, and also hopefully remind you um, as a MacAver, kind of what in a different way what the journey is all about. 
right? What, what are we doing here? Scriptures read, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, right? So, oh, he's showing Bibles. Yeah, you can, it'll be a couple more verses. So yeah, you, if you want Bibles, you can raise your hand and they'll be on the screen. Um, the pastor's passing out Bibles as well. Thank you, bro. So what I want to do is just do a brief, just a little anthropology, actually. I mean, whenever you think about the gospel, you, you're, you're actually doing the study of man because you have to understand man uh, and wh- where we are in our state to even understand what Jesus is about. And I want to talk about how, um, where we are, how that brings attention to the role of the local church and how what you guys are about here and what we're, and what we're all about and then uh, the tension that happens between us and why we need times like Vision Sunday and why we do what we do um, as a local body. Um, when you think of the word blueprint, right, um, what happens is, you know, God created us the purpose, value, and worth. He created us uh, with, with this beautiful blueprint of what he wants us to be about, the plan that he had for us. Uh, the Bible tells you, and, uh, tells you and I that because of sin, right, because we had our audacity to be our own gods, uh, we basically uh, marred that blueprint um, at best, right? And so we could have been destroyed, uh, but what happened is that we begin to grab our own blueprint, right? And we begin to, when we think of a blueprint, we begin to say, you know what, this is how, um, uh, how I want to live my life, right? So I'm going to kind of do these things. I'm going to kind of want to be this person. And then think about uh, a blueprint. When you, you know, when you have a blueprint, you're thinking this is the way things should be done, correct? Right? All right, now, now, the, the interesting thing about, about what, what was happening in the world is that you have all these individuals who have their blueprints. And when, and when you have the blueprint of your life, it's really hard to imagine a lot of times uh, that there can be uh, another, another blueprint, another plan, right? And, I, and I, I, I've seen this practically uh, in my family uh, with, you know, I mean, you think of kids, you know, my, my kids... Um, there's this game. They don't play many games, but they love this one game called Subway Surfer. Um, and uh, the, other, the other kid's like, yeah, Subway Surfer. And so, uh, <clears throat> so they play this game. And it's interesting because when they're playing it, you know, if we ask them to go do something else or, or that we have something, you know, cool for them, if they don't know about it, they will just assume that this is the best thing ever. Now, the funny thing is they only get about 10 minutes. Uh, they, get, they get 20 minutes. Each kid gets 20 minutes basically uh, a week because we go... We have five kids other than Carter, and each kid gets, you know, 20 minutes, and then another kid gets 20 minutes, and then when it gets back to you, you get another 20 minutes. So think about that. You only get 20 minutes, but then we can say now they know what it is, but if we were to say something like, hey, let's go to um, um, C.J. Barrymore's, you know. You know. Now, we all know that's like an awesome park, but if you didn't know what it was, right, you'd have to trust us that that's going to be better than Subway Surfer for 20 minutes. But, you know, kids would be like, no, I want C.J. Barrymore, I'll do Subway Surfer, you know. And then if you, if you decided to say, hey, no, listen to me, I know better than you, get in a car, right, then let's roll, right. So, so uh, and then they'll be like, man, this is the best thing ever, right. Um, and so, in essence, what happens is in life, I want to propose to you that, if, if I put the kid in the car, what will happen is they'll kind of get frustrated maybe. And we've had this scenario happen many times, you know. I mean, or even like something as us just knowing the best for them in their sleep patterns, you know. They, they're doing something, hey, go to sleep. Well, I want to do all these other things. My agenda is this. You're trying to mess up my agenda. You don't know more than me. Right? And, and the kid throws a tantrum. 
How is that different than us? Right? See, I want to propose to you um, that basically, like our lives daily, uh, the Lord is saying that there's a blueprint here that we are all saying, we, we know what we need to be about. We know what we need to be doing. Um, our plan is different than God's plan. And actually, the funny thing is we can't even imagine that there could be something better for us. Like, we don't really, we can't really imagine, like, man, okay, so there's, there's a plan out here that is actually different than mine and will bring me more joy, more satisfaction, right, more love, more comfort, more contentment, right? And so it's a human nature for all of us that when an alternate agenda, when an alternate blueprint crashes upon yours and crashes upon mine, there's tension. And that's basically um, what happens in the, in, the, in the local church, right? When we think there's nothing better that I can imagine in my blueprint. Now, the gospel, you say, you say, well, okay, I get that. But that's where the gospel comes in. Because, so you have a blueprint, but then the gospel says, actually, you deserve death. And so what Jesus did was Jesus, he came, lived. It says in the scriptures, he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, died on the cross, rose from the dead, conquered sin, death, Satan, and evil. And then says, in doing all of that, I want to validate to you, not only do I have a new blueprint for your life, but I want to show you, because I did all those things, that I have the ability to make it better than yours. You see that? In essence, that I'm your creator, that I love you, I did this act for you. And so now I've done all these things to say, not only do I have one, but you really want to trust this one, because I have more information than you. Right? Now, this, let me just pause for a moment, and let me just try to kind of convince us why it's important to say, oh, okay, just for us to understand why the blueprint piece is important and why it matters. Because when you parse it, you really get into the whole issue of sin. Think about what happened, okay? So we sin against God. We are eternally separated from God, the scriptures tell us. Now, uh, I want to propose that, that, you know, that looks like that's hell, right? When a person dies and they're finally separated from God from, from eternity, you know, that's, that's hell. Now, we're not, we're not annihilationists, right? We don't believe that you just kind of implode and it's over. But the interesting thing about hell is that you are actually in torment like that forever. Now, it's interesting because, um, you know, uh, actually, uh, Tim Keller uses the word, uh, you become, he says, you become totaled, right? <laughs> right? You know, so his point now, I think this is beautiful. I think it's a beautiful word picture. And that's why I'm stealing it from him. He says you become total. What he means by that is that a car doesn't stop existing when it's totaled. But in essence, it stopped being and can't, it can never operate like it's ever supposed to again. That makes sense? And so when you and I fall into sin, we are, as it were, totaled and we live forever in, in that totalness, that eternal torment of of basically dis- disintegrating. Now, Jesus suffers. And the interesting thing is Jesus, I want to propose, suffers more than you and I can ever imagine. Now, why do I say that? Because, okay, so we, the payment for our sin is eternal punishment. Okay? That means that we can never work it off. Okay? So we've done something where no matter whatever we do, we can never go, we can never satisfy God. But the cross is interesting because what God does on the cross, something happens on the cross where he's able to, in his payment, pay for all of our hells at once. There's something so drastic and intense 
about what, you know, I don't know what happened. We, I mean, that's the mystery there. We don't know what happened, but something has happened on the cross where it was so, I mean, you know, the, the picture in scripture is like Jesus doesn't explain it, but you see the gravity of it, the, the intensity of it, of him being separated from the father, of him being able, him giving over his kingship, giving over his authority for the, why? The scripture says to obey the father and because he loved us. And that there's something that happened at the cross that was so intense that you think of all of our, our, as it were, eventual hells of being separated from God for eternity, that Jesus, you can't pay for it, right, no matter what you do, forever. But Jesus could pay for all of us for eternity. Why did I bring that up? Because you see what happens in the gospel is Jesus, as it were, and again, uh, what, what Tim Keller calls this is he, he loses his treasure, right, for, uh, for our behalf. So he, so he basically gives of himself so that we can live again, to give us this new blueprint, right? Philippians 2 gives it a, 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 talks about him emptying himself, right? And so then God comes with this new blueprint, and he beckons you and me to come before him and to trust his blueprint. But wait a minute. His blueprint is what? It's the cross. It's death and resurrection. Look what the scriptures tell us. You go. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you. The scriptures say. Leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He, he himself, family, look at this, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, right, for you. We're straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your soul. All right. So, so this is where actually the tantrum begins. And this is why we have Vision Sundays and where we have, why we have church. Okay. So the, big, the, the, the tantrum begins when, when this happens. Is when, is when all of a sudden Jesus says, I want to offer you this blueprint. But uh-oh, the blueprint is very different. Because guess what? Each one of us, we actually love and want resurrection. We want that. We want the victory. But all of us always are trying to get resurrection without the death. We're always, that, that, that's, what we, that's what we're doing in life. We're always trying to figure out a way, how do I get to the victory without the cross? Right? And so, but, 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 but that's the thing, is that in Christianity, one thing that I continue as I'm reading and seeing things, is that, we're the only, we're the, we're the true religion, we're the only place where actually the, the nucleus, the center of, of victory of, uh, uh, is, is, is told like at defeat, right? The nucleus of where the victory lies is actually in the moment of defeat, right? And so you, you can't really go down this road of the blueprint of God resurrection without entering into the story of the cross death right 
I mean, have you, ever, have you ever done this? Have you ever met somebody who's done this? Or you see it all the time with kids. When they write stories, it's so interesting. Our kids are writing stories now. And, and this is just how we all are. Well, you are always the victor at the end. Right? When nothing really happens to you bad. And it's not even about you the victor at the end, but throughout the story. You know? Like my boy, you know, the story, you know, and, and uh, something happens. I think somebody falls in a ditch. I think someone's trying to eat Lauren, you know. And nothing ever happens to Joel, you know. <laughs> it's awesome. And that's how, we, that's how I am, right? We want to we wanna have a story where it always works out for me. But see, you see how that's cataclysmically different than the gospel? So Jesus is saying, actually, his story, it actually doesn't work out for him initially. In all actuality, the way it worked out for him, for, for him to be defeated. And then he says, no, 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 not, hey, now, you know, this, we want the narrative to be Christ, Christ suffered for us so that we wouldn't have to suffer. And some churches teach that. That's what we want the narrative to be. Isn't that what the, isn't that, don't you want that to be the gospel? Man, that my Lord suffered for me so I would not have to suffer. But that's not what the Bible says. Right? But in all actuality, he says, pick up your cross and carry it. And to retell the story of this risen Savior with a sacrificial life. Right? So you're going, why are you saying, I thought this was visiting Sunday, man. What are we doing talking about all this stuff? Well, I'm trying to implore you and encourage you and show you why it's important for Vision Sunday. Because what we're doing really here is we're all affirming together that we want God's blueprint. You hear me, family? We're all coming together and saying, hey, can we all agree that in our flesh, we're going to want our blueprint. We're going to want the resurrection without the cross. But actually, that's not where the joy is found. And that's not where Jesus is. But we're going to all agree as a church. We're going to all agree as individual and collectively as a community that we're going to, we want God's blueprint. And we're going to admit that our blueprint is futile and fake and silly and doesn't make any sense. And we're going to affirm that we all are going to say this, encourage each other as we're going through all these slides, all things we're doing, that God's blueprint is better. Amen? So, so Vision Sunday, our lives as church, what we do and all the things we're doing is really about coming together and saying we're going to embrace God's blueprint. That's why, we're, that's why we do this. That's what every ministry is about. That's what the Bible study is about. That's what the leadership's about. That's why we sing. Everything's about we want God's blueprint, and that is, is, is revealed through Scripture, that who he is, he says he is, and, and who we are because of him is true. Okay? So just want you to understand the why if you're a visitor and want to remind you of, of, of what we're doing and why if you're a MacAver and you kind of got, got it twisted a little bit. We're here to make much of Christ. And guess what? You can't, it's fundamental to the gospel. You can't make much of Christ if you lose your cross. Just resurrection, praise the Lord. But you don't get resurrection unless you go through the cross. You got to die to live, right? All right. Praise the Lord. Hope you're encouraged. Um, so let's talk about our journey. Um, at MacAv, we our vision is, I don't know, our mission is, Our mission is wow. 
We got a lot of work to do in that group. Visitors, we just sleepy. Our mission is to bring glory of God, right? To bring glory. What was it say? Yeah, what did you say? See, I love that. I'm going to hold you off. Um, you did awesome. But I love she just turned it on and looked on this. Oh, here's the, here's the mission right here. To bring glory to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, it was just kind of biblical and not really sexy, right? It's just, that's what we do. Right? So, we got, so I want everybody to commit to knowing that part of why you come here. Okay? So that's our mission. And then what is our vision, family? And I'm not trying to be all awkward, but I want us to, we should be able to say our mission and our vision. Right? What's our vision? And can many of you say that without looking at the document? Okay. All right. So, so I want to encourage us to, uh, to, <laughs> to embrace that, right? Seeing, <laughs> right. Um, seeing communities change both spiritually and physically, starting with our own. It's our, that's our vision. Okay. Um, our journey, when we think about our journey, uh, in a nutshell, how do we do that? We accomplish that uh, by, by establishing, uh, by God's grace, a covenant community uh, that, that is hopefully gospel-centered uh, in our doctrine, uh, that the pillars of discipleship are non-negotiable, uh, that when we talk about discipleship, evangelism is, flows out of discipleship, uh, that mission, being omission, is uh, extremely important. And so we're going to, so basically when you think of the local church, we have, we have Christ as our shepherd and as it were, we as your pastors are the under-shepherds and the elders, okay? So you have Christ being the center. Then you have Mac Avenue Community Church uh, being actually under the bedrock, being over the bedrock of Jesus our Lord. Uh, then you have all the different ministries, uh, Mac Kids, Mac Youth. Uh, Mac development uh, being our our CDC of of really seeing those uh, the vision of of, of of seeing communities transform physically happening in our community and giving us an arm to make sure that we are um, having an incarnational hand of Christ touching things in our in our community so people can can see God's good works and and glorify Jesus who's in heaven right and see what we're doing and gives us an opportunity to preach the gospel because we've modeled the gospel uh, and under Mac development you have Mac lit our literacy training program Mac sports you have uh, Mac Housing and Mac Legal, and then you have also our commons that we're trying to complete. Uh, and so as it were, when you think of usually we'll have like a title of what our vision is uh, for uh, this year. And I want us to focus on the concept of just continually reminding ourselves that we want God's blueprint and to understand that we really want to complete a lot of things that we've started this year, okay? So my, my heart and my desire by God's grace is to see all these things functioning well and flowing and they all are. We need to complete the commons and then we'll be all set. And so I want to praise the Lord briefly though, <clears throat> for what the Lord has done as a whole in these ministries this year, um, and specifically seeing the people he's risen up, um, at, uh, the CDC and seeing God do a great work in our local body as a whole. So you can just give the Lord uh, a hand for that guys. <clears throat> now, uh, 
what, what I want to do is go through the, the flow real quick of, for you to understand if you're new here, but also to remind you of, of how our flow works. So first and foremost, when you think of, of a local body, uh, we start with our, basically our leadership, our elders, okay? And what we want to do is provide you a brief um, framework of what an elder is, okay? Uh, right? The, when you think of the spiritual roles of an elder, uh, you can read the, the, the little paragraph there. Primary spiritual leaders of a congregation, right, the elders are, um, who are also called overseers or pastors in the New Testament. Uh, they preach the word, uh, the shepherd, the souls of those under their care. Four primary uh, uh, duties uh, to teach, right, to lead, uh, to pray, and to, to model Jesus. What we're going to do uh, is we're going to have uh, information about elders um, and also deacons. We're going to have that um, for you, uh, for you to be able to gather on our website. So whenever you want to learn more about what is an elder, what is a deacon, because we would love for each of you, um, uh, as we think of our, our as we're going to be installing deacons uh, when I return from my sabbatical, we would love for you to understand what the role looks like, what it like you to engage that role, and also you men. Um, as you're godly, we were praying that we would continually to see the role of the elder uh, be strong as it is right now to date. Uh, what I want to do, when you think of elders, you have elders. Is the deacon slide next? Or is it the... Well, what I want you guys to look at is look at our... So then you have deacons, the role of the deacons. So you have elders, and then when you say uh, pastors and elders, pastors our elders, all elders are not pastors, okay? And, and in our church, we, we believe we're following the biblical model where we are an elders among equals. What that means is I'm not running the show. Although I'm the lead pastor and a visionary pastor of our local body, and me and Leon and the crew have planted this local church, what we did is after we planted the church, we put in our bylaws because we understand of our fallen nature that, hey, we are not running the show. What we want to do is ask God to raise up elders, and then we'll be part of that body, and then we together will lead the body. So that means if I'm tripping, the elders can say, you tripping, okay? Y'all should like that, Okay? And so, so our, our local body is, is led by a plurality of elders, okay? Um, with that being said, I want to actually bring the elders, the current elders up right now, so you guys will come up. And guys, these guys have served faithfully you for years, so I think you should give them some love. A couple things I want to say um, as we are hanging out up here is if you look, so you have elders, pastors, shepherding. And when we think of leading, again, we're not thinking, ty, you know, ty, um, a tyrant, dictator. We're thinking uh, servant leadership, right? Christ says in the scriptures, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And so that's the framework that we're taking. So, I mean, you got to introduce these guys, but you got um, your elder Alvin, you got Matthew, Nathan, and pastor elder Leon, okay, and myself. Um, now, I've got some, uh, some cool things that God is doing, but also sad. First and foremost, uh, these guys have been elders for many years. Nate has been acting as an elder um, I mean, basically since we planted the church and has never had a break. Uh, we've been, man, how long has it been now? Nine, it'll be nine years in uh, um, Easter. Uh, and he, he has the bragging rights. The, the Eggers have the bragging rights of buying the first house nine years ago in Mac. They bought theirs a week before we bought ours, I think. I'm still frustrated by that. And uh, so it uh, keeps me humble. Uh, but, yeah, my dear brother, um, come here, man. I love this dude, love his family. Uh, and Kristen, is, that, is she up back there kicking with the crew? She's in the nursery working and serving. Um, so we are actually, what we're doing, we've... Um, 
moment by moment in the local body, what we're trying to do, family, is every day we understand that our model as a church is not crystal clear to what Jesus intended, okay? We're not naive thinking that we're the perfect church. And so, but we will tell you with humility, we are trying to say, Lord, let's look at our local body. Where are we not modeling where the Bible is very clear in areas that we can be a clear, healthy church? And then we are trying to move toward that, okay? One of the ways that we're doing that is, is through how we even choose our elders and that whole journey and giving them breaks and things of that sort. And so, obviously, we all need rest. And for a while, we haven't had any time for elders to step away. But now, within our, our bylaws, we're making sure the elders are elders for three years, and then they have to take a year off and step down uh, for rest. And then they can be eligible to become an elder again, but they don't necessarily, they necessarily will not become an elder. They'll just be eligible after that year of rest. You guys all understand the importance of that. With that being said, um, starting today, uh, Nate will be stepping down as an elder to rest. Praise the Lord. And uh, we just love this dude. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I can't begin to tell you uh, how God has used him, not only in the decisions of leading this church as a whole, uh, but also helping me um, continue to fight the fight of faith here faithfully at MacAv. I mean, the Lord has really used him to actually keep me in the game. So, so I, you, I love you to death. Um, and obviously, he will still be uh, serving with us and caring, uh, neighboring, and doing all those things, but he will not be um, our elder uh, active. Okay. So, um, but what I want to do is before we sit him down, um, I want to pray for him and just thank the Lord for him. Cool guys. So if you lay hands on, on our brother, if you guys would agree with me, please, that'd be great. Lord, we thank you for the evidence of your grace through this man. And thank you for using him. Oh Lord, just the, the spirit of leadership you've given him and the kindness and, the, uh, the unwavering of, toward your gospel, Lord. I thank you that you allowed him to be one of the first, first, uh, people, uh, uh, to see our body uh, come alive. I just thank you for that because uh, the culture of, of holiness and grace and trust in Christ and your sovereignty, I think, is a part of our bloodline because of, of his leadership and your grace through him. So would you give him a great rest, allow him to doctor well, allow him to love his wife and family well, allow him to lead and neighbor well. And uh, I do pray that truly he would sense your pleasure in him taking a little time off uh, to be about the things you want him to be about. Uh, we love him, and we just want to pause to bless you, Jesus, in Christ's name. Amen. All right, man. All right, go. You are released. I won't talk to you until three years, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One year. So, love you, man. Can you praise the Lord for Nate? We got a couple of things, so he needs to stay up here. First, um, so, uh, also, we have my man Alvin, and as you guys know, has been an elder for a few years. But now, um, I think we've made this public, but we're going to make it really public now for sure, is that he is in the process of raising support to come onto the pastoral team. So, praise the Lord for that. Hey, man, so the brother's rolling deep on the pastoral team, by the way. But, uh, that's, sorry, I, I can... You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that. What is that? Velvet, brother? So, um, so, uh, so we're going to pray for him but, but, uh, and pray for um, Alvin as he continues to. Um, he is actually our elder chair. Uh, so be lifting him up as he's raising support family. 
He's going to be a pastor of our family ministry, which he'll talk more about in a moment, okay? So we'll, we'll save that for later, and you'll hear more about that. But, but I actually just want to um, thank the Lord for him and uh, this new role. Uh, and she'll be lifting him up as we're um, really processing the journey ahead, okay? So uh, let me um, thank the Lord for this brother as well um, and what you bring to the table, man. So glad to have you become part of the pastoral team. So, Lord Jesus, uh, yeah, what a joy. Uh, and we do just, we just trust you. We thank you. We can pray that this models our dependence upon you. And Lord, we are dependent upon you for, uh, the ministry of Alvin, Lord. We know it won't be just in, we pray it wouldn't be in his strength, but it'll be in yours. Uh, that truly not only would you use him to continue to shepherd well and with humility and discernment, Lord, we pray that his family would be girded in that as well. We ask that you would give that re- those resources so that he could be freed up to preach the gospel in our community and use the best hours of his day to exalt you in training and developing men and women in Christ. We pray that you would use him in ways that we couldn't even imagine and see the f- uh, just the tightness of our family ministry just, just grow strong and with deep roots, Lord, and with great uh, gospel influence in our community. We pray you would use him toward that end. Thank you, Jesus, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, hey, so um, one last thing from the elder perspective. So obviously right now I'm heading on sabbatical. Nate's leaving. Looks kind of weird. Um, but uh, what we want to do is uh, we have, we've had a young brother that has been uh, with us and been around uh, what we've been doing for quite a while now. And we just saw it fit as a, a unanimous decision to allow to make him uh, an elder and to begin that process uh, currently, actually to date. And so I want you guys to just praise the Lord for my man, Jonathan Demers, who we're going to bring up. And uh, uh, y'all know how I feel about this dude. So, uh, so yeah, again, uh, uh, a brother that is humble and really understand uh, the role of servant leadership and takes this position very seriously. And so what we're going to do, guys, because of the time frame, I'm heading on sabbatical. We're going we're gonna to have the, the installation uh, ceremony when I return uh, so that we can really do due diligence, have some specific times of training. But so that there are a godly men and there's a, uh, a quorum, uh, we want to make sure that he is now entering into the discussions and the decisions actually starting today. Okay. Uh, so we just want to make that known to you guys. Uh, so um, actually, uh, Jonathan will be acting as he will be your elder, and then we will have the kind of formal ceremony when I return, okay? So if you will just um, care for him and honor him and be praying for him as one of your leaders, that would be great as in addition to the rest of your leadership. Cool? So really excited about um, the men that God has brought forth. Again, want you guys to be reading what, this, what the, the standards are for being an elder and deacon. That will be, um, we'll have that online. And we would love um, to, our, my dream is to have a great pool of, of leaders and men that we could be training to be elders in our local body. Praise the Lord. Cool. All right, let me, let me pray for this brother as he enters into this huge task of uh, being an elder. So, and he got to be with all these cats. Um, <laughs> hey, sis, like I thought he already was one, which is my point. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Lord, I, I, I bless your name for, for Jonathan. Thank you for um, his commitment to our local body, his commitment to our community, his model of caring for his bride. Um, thank you for uh, his friendship. Thank you for um, his desire to make much of Christ. Lord, I pray that you will continue to allow that to be his song that indeed you would use him greatly um, to help shepherd and care and love and serve the people of God. 
I pray for that, Lord. Would you do that? Holy Spirit, empower him to bring you glory. Pray, Lord, he would not um, be concerned with his youthfulness. Lord, I pray he would be humble. But indeed, you would use his wisdom. Use Use the things that you have placed in him for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Love you, man. Praise the Lord. Awesome. All right, that's important for us because for you to understand like what's going on with the local church without not understanding what our leadership structure and what we're trying to be about uh, basically doesn't make like much sense. Okay, so we wanted you to understand the clear process of what's up with our, our local body. Um, as we move forward. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, there's a discipleship. We're going to talk about discipleship real quick. There's a discipleship brochure uh, to your left when you leave our foyer. And um, the reason why this is important, because it's kind of the life and blood of what we do as a local body. Okay. Um, if you are like, man, how do I become a member of Mac Ave? And we always say discipleship is our membership. What we mean by that is that if a person says, man, I love the Lord Jesus. Then what we want to do is we say, hey, well, we want you to be in community. And so discipleship for us um, looks like first um, being committed to uh, being doing one-on-one life with someone where you're being trained in in what does it mean to walk by faith and communicate your faith and multiply your faith. Um, And the other prong, it'll be two prongs, is being in a small group community, that you're in a small group and you're doing life together, sharing communion together, getting in the word together, praying for each other, okay? And that in all of that, that you're on mission. And when I say mission, that you're doing outreach in the sense of, of work-based outreach, but also evangelism, okay? And so um, that's what we're about as a, uh, as a local body. We want to encourage you. If you've been coming here, you've been hanging out, we want to employ you, please, become part of the discipleship uh, relationship in our body. We just want, we want people, not so that we can have more numbers, but so people can be growing in their faith. Uh, we can know that man, people have people around them, that you have community that is not on demand. And again, in all of our brokenness, we do want to just be together and be caring for one another. Okay. So want to really encourage you uh, to be a part of discipleship in Mac. If you're not already a part of discipleship, uh, here's a couple of praises in discipleship. First and foremost, uh, Mac life, uh, is having a one year birthday. So praise the Lord for that. Um, you know, uh, when we, you know, just, uh, just to gloat a little bit, the, the elders were really mad at me at first for starting Mac life, but, um, but the Lord has used it. And I think, um, I think it's been cool to see, uh, you guys, the people of God, I've been very encouraged by our body. You guys have been so uh, faithful and, uh, and engaging and, and just trusting us and growing. And again, I mean, you, I mean, the stuff that whatever we do, if, if the people of God aren't humble and, and, and wanting Christ is all for nothing. Right. And so it's really about praising God for the God to give you the attitudes to be gospel centered and to, to, be, to really want Christ. And then in that, I feel like Mac life has been really fun um, because of, of the encouragement of you. So just love you guys. and very thankful for that. Um, in addition, uh, a few more praises is Mac groups. And so Mac life, if you're wondering, if you're a visitor, that's when all of our different small groups get together uh, once every other month and we have a meal together and then we go through a different topic, which has been a blessing, especially considering all this crazy stuff that's been going on racially in our country. You know, being able to talk through some of those issues and work through stuff and, and just be in community has been huge. So I'm looking forward to seeing that continue to move forward this year uh, with just great intensity and intentionality. Uh, a couple other praises. Uh, this year, guys, we um, actually increased our Matt Group's number, praise the Lord, and we increased our discipleship number, which is awesome. And again, you can clap for that. That's a good thing. Here's why, here, here's why that's good. It's not because, you know, 
we're, you know, GM and we're trying to sell cars or something. The reason why it's good is because we believe that the more people we're engaging in the gospel, the more people who are involved in thinking about the things of God and in this, commu- in this body, that there's more influence that we can have in our community, right? So it really is, uh, it, it really is a good thing if our hearts are right. It could be really bad if we're goofy, you know, but if our hearts are gospel-centered, and we're jealous for God's glory. It could be a, a, a beautiful thing. Um, what's, what's also cool is that in that, this year, what we're doing, we're starting to have um, an elder in care. And what that means is that we're going to put an elder um, over a couple of mat groups. And so that you can specifically know that you have an elder who can be making sure that uh, basically be an elder over a couple of two mat groups. So that you can know if there's an, an, a situation or something that you need to get care for. Uh, that you have, you have an upline. So our heart desire, again, is just figuring out how, what are ways that we can make sure our people aren't left and falling through the cracks, right? And so we do that through our small groups. We want you to be in a small group so that if there's some drama, the small group can care for you. And, and to be honest, I just think our small groups are awesome. You guys do a wonderful job caring for people in your small group, in my opinion. And so, so that gives you one outlet. Then you have the one-on-one relationship. If you're small group tripping, you can go to your one-on-one relationship, right? And then they can care for you, right? And you have the whole community, which you got the, you guys have been wonderful on Facebook, caring for each other on the community and our community site. But then also we want to make sure that if that's all breaking down, that you still have an elder, you can say, why are these things breaking down? Right? And so yet you have easy access to your leadership is our goal. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I guess, I guess you're the only one who is praising God. So, um, well, I praise the Lord for either. So, um, we trying. So, um, Hey, can I, so can I challenge you guys? Last year, our goal, though, you know, I mean, I have these hefty goals, and I just, you know, it was uh, 15 mat groups, and uh, we, we increased, which is huge, and actually our numbers in discipleship are the highest ever in the history of our church, which is awesome, and, uh, but, which is cool, because we went down, and we went right back up, and then we went past our, our, our height of whatever, where, we, where we've been in the past, uh, but I, I really believe the Lord can bring in 15 mat groups in our local body. I think if we're out sharing our faith, engaging our neighbors, tr- you know, telling the gospel at our workplace and preaching the gospel, that we can see people just be having an influence in our community. And so I want to just throw it out there by God's grace to see us trust the Lord, sharing Christ with a few people in our community, loving your neighbors throughout the year, and just inviting them into covenant community. And that we can see 15 mat groups be risen up, not so we can go, oh, look at, look at us, but man, so that we can have this whole place just rocking, you know what I'm saying? And so when they're doing that kind of j- jazzy thing with my girl, Caitlin, and we all just do, you know what I'm saying? So, so uh, I, I want to encourage us toward that end, family. So are y'all with me, 15 mat groups? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we got, you know, we've got a couple people, a couple charismatics. Um, up uh, 15 total. <laughs> Frank, like, what am I, what am I signing up for, bruh? First of all, uh, 15 total. So we, 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 um, we have nine now and then we're hoping to, to add another one. Uh, but then hopefully we can, then we'll be like, what's, here's what's cool about that. So before we were adding mat groups and our lowest number, I mean, our lowest uh, number that we wanted in mat groups was uh, six. And so I love the fact that now we want to make sure we have around eight individuals in that group. So not only did we increase the number of our mad groups this year, we actually increased the number of people, which means we really, really increased. Does that make sense? So our mad groups have more people because we realize that it helps momentum. It helps people be engaged and caring for each other, and it gives people even more people to have in their community. So praise the Lord for that. Um, 
Here's some other praises as we look at evangelism. We talked about evangelism. When we talk about evangelism, again, we're talking uh, service, acts of service, and then proclamation. So those two things, okay? Praise God for our Momentum Outreaches. You guys did a wonderful job this year on our Momentum Outreaches. And here's why. Here's why. Because, because we are, these, this, this is our neighborhood. We're caring for our neighbors. And I've watched every Momentum Outreach change the framework behind how we do, why we do it. And so now we're getting to the point where our Momentum Outreaches aren't us doing something to our neighbors but it's us engaging and caring and all doing things together. So as I look at, you know, how we do our, our talent show, our talent show is that our community gets out and we all share our talent, right? And so I feel like our, our, our outreaches are becoming more redemptive and our, our, our modeling that we understand that the change of ministry has actually changed from, from that we are truly neighboring, right? And so that makes it a little more difficult to understand how to do outreach with your neighbors, with your friends, but you guys have done a wonderful job. And even like the Christmas deal was unbelievable this year. I mean, it was like a club. I thought I was kicking it. So I'm like, did I even pay a charge to get up in here? You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. Um, and also, uh, another thing that, that I'm praising God for is the Bible studies. So the men and women Bible studies have been wonderful. And here's what I love about that. Totally initiated by you guys, the people of God here. Like not encouraged by the leadership. Not, maybe you guys should start a Bible study. None of that. You guys said, hey, here's what we need and we're going to do it. Now it has a life of its own. So I'm praising God for that as well. Um, yeah, and then um, if you, can I go back to momentum outreaches? Just if you don't know, are we gonna, we're going to have those momentum outreaches on a, on a document or... Oh, so we have a page of, that we want you to take when, you, when we're done today that has a list of our outreaches for the year. Okay. So make sure you take that, our Easter egg hunt, our three-on-three basketball joint, back-to-school celebration, the whole nine, okay? So make sure you, you take that, family. Um, our next Bible study uh, will be actually a men's study because the ladies did theirs. Now we coming back on y'all. That's what's up. And, uh, and, and this is, these brothers studying Habakkuk, so that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? So everybody laughs. See, it's part of the Bible, too. What's y'all problem? So uh, Thursday. February 11th. So, so, hey, make sure you guys get the word out. More details will be coming soon, but get the word out for that, of uh, what's going on with the, uh, the Bible study, okay, family? Um, as we think of evangelism, I want to remind us of something, okay? When we do evangelism, and stay with me here, because this is very important. We are really, our, our desire, what we're doing as, again, the under-shepherds, we're saying, hey, we want to provide an environment for you uh, to be able to engage our community mission, okay? So we can't make anybody do anything. What we want to do is equip you and provide that framework. And I think that's what we're trying to do. So when you think of it, evangelism, here's, here's what we're trying to give you. We first want you to have an opportunity to do evangelism in your one-on-one relationships, okay? Right? So you're going out. So now it's freezing. But, you know, when the springtime hit, we want you to be doing that. Um, and real quick, before I forget, and you can do that real easy through what uh, so a couple of our um, our leaders did by having that prayer, a prayer time on a block, right? You can go out with on that prayer time and you can share your faith and you can pray for people when we do that every other week in the summertime. Okay. All right. You also can be, should be engaged and we should be engaging our neighbors in our Mac groups. So you do a Mac group, you're eating your dinner, you're having a good time, but man, you gotta be thinking about how do you as a Mac group engage our neighbors? You should be going out periodically and doing something where you're being on mission to our community or thinking strategically about that. Okay. Right. 
And then uh, through MAG development, all those different ministries you saw up there that we'll be talking about in a moment, uh, there's opportunities to minister through each one of them. And then finally, just neighboring, being a neighbor. Okay, so, so, there, so what we, our heart desire at MACAV is that no one should say, man, I was at MACAV, man, I never had an opportunity to minister, right? We don't ever want you to say that. So that's our heart, is to provide an environment for you to say, these cats always give me opportunities to minister. I wish they would stop. So um, another praise is the Lord allowed us as we move from evangelism, a uh, great year of evangelism, is, uh, is what God has done through our teaching. We, we finished the book of Acts, praise the Lord. And uh, hope you guys are encouraged. I see Mike wanted to clap, but no one joined him, so he didn't clap. So that's how, that just shows you the importance of momentum. Um, momentum Israel. And uh, now we are in Exodus. And so we want to encourage you guys to make sure you're inviting people to, um, uh, to Exodus and what the Lord is doing uh, there. So throughout the year. Okay, guys, um, if you have any questions, you can, uh, maybe you can throw your hands up or I think if you can hold them, cause we have a, a few more things we want to discuss. Um, primarily is hearing about what the Lord has done uh, through Mac development this year. And so I want you guys to just get encouraged by um, bringing my man JD up and for him to talk about Mac development. Cool. Thank you, Eric. James, if you wouldn't mind going to that first slide. Good morning, everybody. So a lot has happened and I want to be um, considerate of your time. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to tackle a couple of different things. Um, let's see, the clicker's not working. There we go. So we're going to talk about a quick overview of what Mac development is, especially for those of you who have not heard of the organization before. We're going to talk briefly about some of the things that have happened over the past year and some of the programs that Pastor Eric mentioned. I'm also going to share some of the goals that we have for the upcoming year that we want you guys to be involved with and to pray for, um, and then a few ways that you can partner with us to, to make this happen. So first and foremost, I want to give you kind of an overview of what's going on. Um, as Eric mentioned, the church was founded back in 2007, um, and it was founded with an effort to focus on the neighborhood that many of us live in, which is the 48214. And we did that not just because we wanted to live close together and to do life together, but because we wanted to make an impact in an area in the city of Detroit that many people had written off and decided was a neighborhood that was too far gone. And over the course of the last eight or nine years, we've seen almost 30 homes renovated and more than $2 million spent in terms of purchases, improvements, and renovations to those homes. Praise the Lord for that. And that's many of you in this room who have made a conscious decision to either stay in this city or to move into it and make that happen. But that wasn't really where we wanted to stop. We wanted to make sure as a church that we were taking strategic efforts to affect community development issues. And so in 2010, the church started the nonprofit Mac Development as a way to do that. And in order to allow the church to focus on the spiritual health of the community while the nonprofit could focus more on community development and allowing those two different entities to together complement one another and advance the kingdom of God in a productive way. And so that is the, the design and the model of our church, right, is to allow the church to be the church and to allow the Community Development Corporation to engage those brick-and-mortar issues. Um, we're really, really excited about how that nonprofit has grown. Originally, uh, we started with three priorities that were identified by this community, those being youth and education, housing and blight, and economic development. 
And then we've started programs out of each of those community-identified priorities, which we'll talk about in a moment. And the organization has also grown in terms of a strong board and a staff team. And so for those of you that are here this morning that serve on staff with Mac Development or Board, would you please stand and remain standing? And stay, stay standing, please. There you go. Yeah, you're up there. So these guys, they do a ton of work. You guys can sit. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> these... These guys do a ton of work behind the scenes. Many of you just show up to a soccer game or you show up to tutoring and you don't see a lot of the work that happens in the background. Uh, it's really important work. It's a lot of times thankless work, particularly that board of directors that's meeting behind the scenes, making sure that things are being held down, that the vision is consistent. And so I just want to make sure we give those guys the credit that's due. Um, so that's kind of where we've come from. Now I do want to touch briefly on what's happened in the past year. I wish I had more time to be able to talk about all the great things that have happened, but I'm just going to kind of rapid fire run through each of the programs and some of the big things that have happened. But I want to encourage you, these slides are going to be posted online, and I want to encourage you to go online, check them out. They're going to be on MacGav's website, or ask any of the staff or board who just stood to tell you a little bit more about each of these programs. Um, but this past year, MacLit was really effective. We reached more kids than ever before in the history of the program. And we added two new leaders, Marilyn and Sarah, who have been able to lead the program. And they've just done a great job navigating the transition of Chris and Sally, who helped found the program in her departure, and have also thought about new ways to improve the program, like adding the writing component that's in our after-school tutoring. Max Sports has also been really effective this year. We lost a great leader in Ethan, but we found two really strong leaders in Rhea and Deanne who have helped carry the program forward. And this past year, we saw Max Sports launch its sixth and seventh soccer seasons, a new t-ball season, and even find some businesses who are willing to come alongside us and sponsor us. And we'll talk about some of the things that are going to happen this year as well in a little bit. Um, Jenny Doherty, who leads our volunteers and mission teams, saw some 15 different day trips, weekend trips, and week-long trips come over the course of the year. And those teams consisted of 200 different volunteers and almost 4,000 volunteer hours. Want to give her a ton of credit for that. And then our legal services program saw the 100th client walk through our doors this year in just over two years of work. And we're just really excited about continuing to think through how we make sure that program is quality and how we make sure that the clients that walk in are getting good quality services from our volunteer attorneys. And then Peter, Peter Blackwell, who recently joined staff this year, who is our part-time general manager of the Commons. We're really excited about him. The Commons is going to be a cafe laundromat that we're going to be starting at 7900 Mac Avenue. And Peter's been working hard this year trying to get that business started, working through health code, working through partnerships and suppliers. And as many of you know, because you were there, Peter put on a phenomenal event this August where we hosted kind of a, a soft open or an open house of the Commons on the second floor of the Mac building. And that was just, to me, in my four or five years of being here, one of the highlights of my experience because you saw so many different people from so many different walks of life all coming out, all celebrating a new business on Mac Avenue, and all saying from their very different perspectives that this is something that they want. And so it was just cool as a church to be able to celebrate that, to celebrate it with our neighbors, and to eagerly anticipate that new business coming hopefully this year. 
So those are some of the things that have happened in this past year, and we definitely want to praise the Lord for that and give him all of the glory for making these things happen. Please give him a round of applause. But there is still a lot to do. Uh, We have a lot of work to do uh, going into this year, and I want to share some of the goals we have as an organization going forward. Uh, The first is kind of navigating some different leadership transitions. As many of you know, uh, I will be stepping down as the executive director in May for Mac Development. Uh, I'm excited to be moving into a full-time focus with law school, but also sad to leave an organization that I've loved working for for the past two and a half or three years. Um, We are actively seeking out candidates for the executive director position. And so we want to encourage you, if you're interested in that role, or you know of people who may be, to please go online or talk to me and look at the job description and materials. We already have about 10 candidates who have expressed an interest in the position, some from within the church, some from outside the church, and even out of the state. Um, And we want to make sure that you, if you're, again, you're interested or you know others that are, to jump on it because we're going to close the applications at the beginning of February. Um, But I also wanted to make a different opportunity available to the congregation as well, and that's the opportunity to serve on the board of directors. So many times you see me as the face of the organization, but the board is the one that really holds the organization together. It's the entity that is ultimately responsible for making sure Mac Development stays true to its mission and vision and stays uh, solid as an organization. And right now we have a solid board, but we're also looking to recruit. And I'm going to be reaching out to several different folks this next week. But I also wanted you to know, as a congregation, in case you're interested, um, to know that there's an opportunity to serve on that board. We are selective about who joins it because we want to make sure that you're people of integrity. We want to make sure that you're willing to commit the necessary time and resources to the organization. Um, And we want you to be able to commit to a three-year term to serve on that board. So if that's something that you're interested in, I'd love to talk to you about that. Please feel free to talk to me after service or afterwards. And then really quickly, we are going to have interns again this year. We've already had several folks reach out with an interest. I love our internship program because we get college-age kids working for both the church and Mac development, and they get a chance to help with worship services. They get a chance to help with Mac Lit Summer Camp or starting the business or whatever it might be. If you know college-age students who would be interested in participating in this internship, I want to encourage you to let them know about it so that we can go ahead and get them plugged in and involved. So, so those are some of the leadership transitions that are coming up. Um, We also want to let you know that our plan and one of our main goals this year is to complete renovations at 7900 Mac. People are like, it's about time. So actually, James, if you go back to the first picture, that is what the building looked like this time last year. Uh, We were finishing the exterior facade on the west side of the building, and that's done, which is good news, praise the Lord, but the interior construction has been slow going. Um, Believe it or not, when you want to build a 12,000-square-foot building out with multiple uses, coffee, laundry, literacy, legal services, offices, it makes the permitting process a little slow. Um, So we're walking through that, but I've been told by our general contractor that we're expecting to get full approval this month to start interior construction. So praise the Lord for that. 
Now, if you could go to the next slide, James. What we're going to be doing is kind of phasing in the construction. We're going to focus on the second floor of the building where we've been having Mac Life when it was warm. Um, and we're going to totally finish that space out, or at least 80 or 90% of it, so that we can move everything that's currently happening in the building to the second floor. Um, and then we can kind of section off that main floor in the basement for total construction, get the commons operating as quickly as possible, and then finish out the building. So we wanted to let you guys know that so that you can be praying, so that you can be asking questions, and also, as I'll mention later, maybe you can be helping us as well as that construction starts to pick up. So that's one of our big goals again. Um, another goal that we're really excited about for this year is hosting the gala once again. We're going to be at the Detroit Yacht Club again this year. And... This gala doesn't happen without a really, really terrific crew of volunteers. If you guys are on the gala committee, could you stand up, please, as volunteers? Come on, stand up. Come on. Come on. That's great. Thank you. So we're missing a few people, too, but these ladies are working extremely hard. They've already been putting in a ton of hours into thinking through the venue, the auction, a really cool theme that's going together, the invitations that are coming out this month. And so I want to encourage you guys, go ahead and pull out your calendars or your phones and save the date. The, the gala is going to be April the 22nd of this year at the Detroit Yacht Club at 6 o'clock. So please come out. We'd love to have you guys there. It's so important to have the people of God at this event. Please save that date. More information coming soon. Um, another announcement we're really excited about, too, is uh, the Max Sports Program, as we mentioned before, is going to be launching a new sport this year. So we're going to be having our first basketball season. It's going to be kind of a basketball camp at Southeastern High School, one of the high schools in our zip code. Um, and we're hoping to have at least 50 kids in that program. God has raised up a ton of volunteers and coaches already, thanks to the hard work of Deanne and Rhea. Um, and so we're asking you guys to pray for that, to get the word out to your neighbors. That camp starts in two weeks. So let's make sure that we pack that school out with as many kids as we can handle and really put on a good first basketball season. Yeah, Betty. What's that? We do have flyers. Uh, Dan and Edith have been flying like crazy at the schools, but I'm not sure if we have any here. <laughs> we and Betty, we also have more on the information table as well. Really good question. Cool. So praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord how God has been growing Max Sports. Um, another goal that we have for this year, James, if you wouldn't go to the next slide. Um, we're really excited about some of the things that have been happening in Pingree Park. If you can remember, even two years ago, one of the things that we decided as an organization was that we wanted to focus on Pingree Park, which is a neighborhood just a few blocks north of here, as a neighborhood that had been more or less written off by a lot of planners and uh, foundations and nonprofit organizations as a neighborhood that was too far gone and a neighborhood that was really not going to enjoy the comeback that Detroit is starting to experience now. And so as a church and as an organization, we saw a lot of people begin to move into that neighborhood. Uh, we saw our sports program actually start to focus its programming at this park and take on the burden of cutting the grass and painting straight lines thanks to the hard work of Mike Fang, who started Max Sports. And the cool thing about this picture that you see on the screen is that when Mayor Mike Duggan did his kind of tour of the city, he didn't just drive everywhere. He actually did overhead shots. And he saw this actual picture of Pingree Park, and he saw the straight lines, and he saw the grass cut, and he saw the basketball courts maintained. And he thought, wow, I've never seen or heard of this neighborhood before, but something's going on. And so now you see the city is starting to invest money in demolitions in that neighborhood and tearing down dangerous houses. 
You're now, and now there's a very strong likelihood that the land bank is not just going to be tearing those houses down, but bringing their rehab and resell program to the neighborhood, which is going to renovate vacant houses and make them available for sale in the community. Um, we're also seeing delinquent property owners who are not taking care of their property now being held accountable by the community and making sure that their properties are secure and taken care of. Uh, Edith Ford, who joined our staff this year, has been working with all of the block clubs and community associations, making sure they're resourced and organized and know what's going on. Um, And so all of this has been happening to build momentum in the community, not even mentioning what Nate Eggers has done with Taproot and fixing up houses, almost 12 different units of housing just in that neighborhood. And that's all happened in the last two years, and now Pingree is getting back on the map, which is cool. So, oh, and... Don't forget the soccer team. We've got a soccer team, too, in the neighborhood. Uh, One thing we're really excited about, though, if you want to go to the next slide, James, is city's further commitment to improving that area, which are some different improvements they're going to make on the park. They're going to clean up and maintain some of the different baseball diamonds. They're going to secure the perimeter of the field because right now a lot of people drive up onto the park and damage the park with their cars. Um, And they're going to totally redo the basketball courts as well. And that's a commitment that the city's made because, again, they see this neighborhood as a neighborhood that can be invested in uh, effectively and a neighborhood that's coming back. So praise God for that. And then lastly and quickly, this is something that I am really excited about, but we have been working with a lot of other nonprofits and organizations around Mac Avenue to put together a comprehensive plan for Mac Avenue. Um, If you recall last year and and even the year before that, one of the things that I had been asking the Lord for and we had been asking the Lord for as a church was opportunities to collaborate with other churches and businesses and nonprofits and other groups in the area, which had been difficult at the time due to suspicion and, and misunderstanding about who we were. And what's been cool is by engaging this group, the city planning group, Um, we've been able to put together a great plan for Mac Avenue with the input and the collaboration of Mount Zion Church and Greater Christ Baptist Church and Genesis Lutheran down the street and businesses and nonprofits and block clubs. Again, everybody at the table working together, bringing their ideas and saying, man, what can pragmatically work, but also what do we want in our community? And so we are finishing up this plan now, and our goal this year is to begin to put that plan into the implementation phase. One of the things that we're going to really be focusing on this year is the green side of the plan. So part of what we're trying to do is bring new businesses back, right, and create an environment that attracts brick-and-mortar businesses like the commons. That's part of it. But realistically, not every one of those spots on the map is going to have a building on it. And so how do we think creatively about using the green spaces in in a way that activates those areas and in a way that attracts the community to them and also, as people are driving through, demonstrates that the community is strong, that it's stable, and that people are invested in the quality of their area. And so this year, Edith and I are going to be working on solutions for funding and strategies to start putting in pocket parks and start putting in different meadows and start putting in different things that will quickly beautify, clean up, and improve the conditions of those spaces so that they will be more inviting um, and more welcoming to potential entrepreneurs and business owners from our community and from outside the community. And we want you guys to know that and to be praying for it. Robin, you had a question? Sure. Yeah, good question. 
So some of the stuff I'm still learning too, but James, if you want to go to the next slide, uh, Pocket Park is just kind of like a really small park. It could be like a place where you play horseshoes. It could be a place where you have like flower beds. It could be picnic tables, things like that, where it can be sort of a gathering space for the community. But there are a lot of different kinds of green kind of improvements that you can quickly do affordably that can really change the appearance of Mac Avenue. And that's the goal, is to really make it look nice and welcoming. So we're going to be really focusing on that this year, family. And we're just so excited for all these different goals that are coming up. And what we want to ask you guys to do as our family, as the church family, is to consider a few different ways that you can partner with us. Um, one of those ways, James, if you wouldn't mind going to the next slide. Uh, one of those ways that you can partner is just by volunteering. Many of you do this already, but we always are looking for tutors and coaches and refs for Mac Lit and Mac Sports. And um, one thing that I'm noticing now three years into this position is a little bit of a trend towards Mac Avers kind of stepping back from these different ministries. And I want to encourage you guys to really consider this year making a commitment to volunteer in one of these two programs. For many of you who moved into the neighborhood like I did, the goal of doing so was to build strong relationships with our neighbors. And Mac Sports and Mac Lit provide a great way to do that where you can use a common interest like sports or education to dive right into the life of another family, oftentimes who lives just down the street from you. And so I really want to encourage you guys and encourage many of you specifically to think how you or maybe your Mac group can get involved specifically in one of these ministries. Another way that you could partner with us and help would be rehabbing. And so Peter Blackwell, while he's also working as the general manager of the Commons part-time, is going to make some time available to lead volunteer teams at the building uh, of people who are a little bit more experienced or a little bit more handy with swinging a hammer and doing basic home repair. Because at our building, we're going to be hiring a lot of professionals, and that's expensive. But if we can get a few of you guys in here who are comfortable, enjoy getting your hands dirty and doing that kind of work, to reduce some of those costs by hanging drywall or painting or doing demolition, we would love to see that happen. That would mean a huge savings for the organization and the greater likelihood that this project will succeed. So Peter's going to be leading that team. He's super handy. He's excited about doing this stuff. And I know many of you in the congregation are as well. So please consider that and reach out to me if that's something you're interested in. Uh, third, many of you have networks uh, from home churches or places that you've been to where you can tap in and let them know about what we're doing. Maybe they're going to send a mission team. Maybe they'll send an intern. Maybe there's a church-to-church -church partnership that could happen. But I depend in many ways on you guys to tap into those networks and make the possibility of a connection available because of your hard work. So please consider tapping into your networks on our behalf. And then lastly, family, uh, just want to encourage you guys even to consider financially what it would look like to invest in Mac development. Um, we do get support from foundations. We do generate some of our fees, uh, revenue from our fees. And we also do get some donations from other churches, including this church, Mac Avenue Community Church. But a big part of our budget are a few people who have said, man, I believe so much in Mac development that I want to give 10, 20, 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month to help what you guys do, to be able to hire staff like the new staff that we've hired this year, to be able to pay some of the bills that don't usually get covered by grants so that we can be really good at what we do. And so I just want to encourage you guys to consider what that would look like um, as that kind of support is huge in allowing for an organization to be effective. Um, I know I ran through a lot. I can take probably a couple of questions, but I, I definitely want to be considerate of your time if there are any questions. Cool. All right. Then we'll go back to Eric. Thank you guys so much.
That's awesome. Awesome stuff. What a blessing. Hey, uh, so everybody want to stand up and just stretch for a little bit? I know we've been sitting down for a little bit. Don't go nowhere. Just stretch. This is, if you're new here, MacAvers, we are, this is not normal, but we have to go a little long today because we're talking about a lot of stuff, okay? Now, as you're stretching, I need you to, you can go to the bathroom. When you come back, I, I'm praying, hey, just sit down. And hey, ask the Lord to allow you to continue to engage because we have a couple of cool things we need to talk about, okay? First, I'm bringing up, we're talking about very important ministry. We're talking about our family ministry right now, okay? With our, our eventual family pastor, Alvin. Come on up, brother. Let's give him some love, y'all. It's funny, I was stretching and getting ready to use the restroom, but all right. All right, how you doing, family? All right, so we're just going to um, just spend a little time talking about some of the highlights from our youth and uh, our Mac youth as well as Mac church, Mac kids, and then just kind of give you a, a snapshot at what we're hoping to do with the family ministries. Uh, so first, let's talk about Mac youth. Uh, first of all, you know, can, uh, I get the, the stars as well as the Bowmans to stand up and just really give them a, you know, just appreciation for, uh, just the faithfulness over time. And, um, you know, the, the Bowman stepped down for a little while to take a breather, to get some rest is, and then in their place, the stars, Joel and Sandra, really stepped up to really provide vision and leadership uh, to our youth. And they did a wonderful job. And so I'm just really appreciative of them. And as we are looking to uh, bring in a full-time youth director, you know, um, as we're processing through that, um, the qualities that the Bowmans as well as the Stars just exhibited is really what we're looking for. And so I just really appreciate you guys as well as the whole congregation. I want to just say thank you. Uh, 2015 praise report and highlights. Um, first of all, um, the youth ministry did just a wonderful job at helping our youth answer those big questions in life. You know, oftentimes... Those questions of, of who am I, um, why, and, and just all these things, they get answered through um, culture, through radio, through their peers. And, but our Mac Youth uh, Ministry really did a great job at helping um, the youth answer some of the big questions. And what's great about this is if you go on the website and see the update, these were questions, if I'm correct, that were asked by our youth, right? And so these are the questions that youth in our community is, is seeking answer for. What is heaven? What happens when you die? What do bad, why do bad things happen to good people? And understanding me and being me and identity. And so, once again, just did really a great job at um, helping our youth navigate through some of these um, big questions. Uh, they also had an opportunity to host barbecues. Uh, we gained a new family through Max Sports and Lit. And which is awesome because we kind of see how everything is coming together. Um, took a trip to Metro Park to watch the meteor showers and actually went to a, had a very uh, interesting time at the spoken word event, <laughs> to say the least. 
That might be somewhat of an inside joke, but. Um, and then the plan for 2016 is um, Cruise Alpha Course. Um, Campus Crusade has a, an, um, a curriculum that the youth will be going through. Um, the desire is to host more Sunday family dinners. Uh, we got the return of the Bowmans. And then uh, we're also looking at hiring, yeah, you could clap, return of the Bowmans. And then, uh, and then hire a full-time youth director. All right. Then, Matt Kids. Um, and so, is Ann here? Hey, Ann, how you doing? And so, can you stand up with the baby, your child in your lap? Let's just give a shout out to Ann. Is Sneha here? Sneha. Well, Sneha did a wonderful job with helping uh, put together this year Christmas program. As you may know, uh, Ann stepped away from um, being a uh, Mac Children's, Mac Kids uh, coordinator or director, but she just really did a, a great job at giving us a foundation to really build on and really helping bring the vision of Mac and the way we flow um, into the um, into our children's church. And so, thank you so much, Ann. And and I want to just get a quick need out. You know, we need another Ann. We need another uh, uh, Mac Kids church director. And we've been needing it for a while, so I really want you guys to really um, consider it. Um, for more information, put it on Leon, you contact Leon. And as well as we're going to need, um, as Sarah Russ will be joining her husband on sabbatical, we're going to need um, some uh, extra help with uh, uh, Sunday service. And so Sunday celebration with our children. And so um, that's going to, more information about that will be coming up. Um, as far as praise report and highlights, we had 20 volunteers that served once a month in nursery, uh, 13 volunteers that served once a month in the pre-K through fifth grade, and then um, 13 zero to three uh, year olds, and then as well as 39 pre-K through fifth graders. So uh, Matt Kidd's been very, very busy. <laughs> so... And um, what's cool is the nursery study, the Westminster Shorter Catechism for Children, questions 1 through 12. That's pretty deep. And uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Ooh, I can't wait to see this youth ministry in about six more years. Um, and then uh, pre-K through fifth grade study, Leviticus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and First Samuel. All right, so they're a little faster than we are up here. <laughs> All right, and now I just want to give you a snapshot um, as far as what we are. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Mac Kids Ministry strove to support. Oh, we got even more. Family through. Uh, monthly updates including parenting resources and lesson summaries, uh, providing biweekly training times for children in pre-K through fifth grade, Caring for zero to three-year-old children weekly and during the Sunday worship service. And so, praise the Lord so much for our Mac kids. Did I hear a question? Oh, okay. I don't hear anything. All right. Next slide, please. Oh, Mac Oh, okay. Um, oh, I thought I had some other stuff. Um, and just for a quick... Ooh, 
voice just went up. Um, a quick, um, just kind of let you know what we're planning on to do, you know, with the family ministry. First of all, can I get you to say rhythm? Rhythm. And whenever a church endeavors for a new ministry, you know, sometimes the congregation is like, oh, man, that's going to be more work for us. Um, but what we're hoping to do with um, the family ministry is we really want to, um, one, celebrate. Never mind. Um, one of the things we want to do is really, um, in a greater capacity, celebrate family and really be able to minister to you guys. And, and one of the ways we're going to be doing that is really just um, bringing our family ministry as well as our youth ministry um, into the rhythm of everyday life here at MacGav. And so for discipleship, as we're called, right, to make disciples, and our parenting call is to um, raise our children, uh, right, up in, um, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We as a church want to come alongside you guys to really help you to do that. And one of the ways we want to do that is, um, as you see in Deuteronomy 6, uh, like 1 through 9, as well as in Ephesians, um, one of the things that we are encouraged to do is to love the Lord with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love.